We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, and I am all by myself. I should cue the music for that, but not tonight. We have a lot of news to get to, a lot of things going on with the Rams and the NFL, but 
Before we get into it, before we really get knee-deep into all this Rams conversation, we do want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. You can also find our podcast list with Clutch Points, and they feature an awesome app that puts loads of information about the NBA, the NFL, and hey, now even my, um, sorry, Major League Baseball. Check them out at ClutchPoints.com or download the app. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Leave some five-star reviews on iTunes. It really helps us out. And don't forget our other shows and network. Uh, primarily right now, Butting Heads, Rams and Censored's getting going here. And, you know, eventually, you know, whenever Norm decides to, to kind of flutter his way in, he'll have his new show, which will focus on breaking down film. All right. So this one was a stunner. Well, if you are someone who follows the Rams, maybe it wasn't. But a backup quarterback who was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, gee, top five, who took his team to the AFC Championship game just a couple years ago? That's right. The Rams signed Blake Worlds, and it happened quickly, and that's what made, that was a surprise. We hear just on the weekend that Blake Worlds is going to visit the Rams. Bam, uh, with before the day is over on Monday, we know that Blake Bortles is going to be the Rams' backup quarterback. What's even crazier about it is Blake Bortles is getting paid a reported $1 million for one year. $1 million. As a backup quarterback in the NFL, franchise ability talent has not translated to the field. $1 million. Are we serious? This is what the Rams got him for? $1 million. Blake Bortles, I, I've seen it all over Rams media, all over Rams Twitter. A lot of people had some problems with it. I think some people are coming around to it. Talked about that a little bit last night Locked on Rams. But the reality is that Blake Bortles was the best backup quarterback on the market. It's just the truth. Let's be honest about that. And also realize that there is still a builder there. And the best thing that could happen for the Rams is... Jared Goff is healthy all year. He has a great season, and we never worry about the backup quarterback. But in today's NFL, where freak things happen, who can complain about Blake Bortles coming in on a one-year deal for a million dollars? Jeez, he's only 26 years old. He'll be 27 when the uh, season starts. How on earth can anyone complain about that? Well, I'll tell you why they complain about that. They complain because Blake Bortles is... In his 75 career games, has thrown 75 interceptions. They complain because of his his accuracy problems. His career completion percentage is under 60% at 59.3. In today's NFL, that does not cut it. But there are other numbers as well. In 2015, his second year in the league, he threw 35 touchdown passes for 4,428 yards. A one year later, it's a 24 year old, 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, but threw for almost 4,000 yards. It's hard to judge that he would be an awful backup with these numbers. They're not great, especially recently in 2018, 13 touchdown passes, 11 interceptions. But let's also be honest that entire Jags offense stunk this year. Running backs couldn't stay healthy. The wide receiver core was a mess. Let's just say a train wreck. A total train wreck. And so we're going to put that all on Bortles. Most of their skill position players were gone, moved on other teams. Okay. And let's also look back at his career 55 sacks taken in 2014, 51 sacks in 2015. There are a lot of different factors that can go into a quarterback not being successful. But here's what I think is the most important, guys. The most important thing about it. 
The reality is, can anybody name a solid offensive mentor that Blake Bortles played for at Jacksonville? Was there any good offensive mind, offensive coach, who could help develop him where he was? See, I'm I'm pausing here. I'm just waiting. Let's just think about that for a minute. Reality is there was nobody. So the reports are that he struggled to do the things to prepare for games like, well, hey, I, I mean, film. Take the film work in. We're doing all the little things to be a successful NFL quarterback. But in reality, yes, it's his responsibility. But you know who else's responsibility is? How about the offensive coaching staff to push him and challenge him to help make him a better quarterback? You know what? That's not going to happen in L.A. If anybody can fix Blake Bortles, it's going to be Sean McVay and his staff. If anybody can do it, it's him. And that's why he signed. Let's just be honest. That's why he took the discount. He took the discount because it was a place to go where he can save his career. And that's the bottom line. Where else is going to go right now? You're going to play behind Jared Goff, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. You're going to play under a great offensive mind with a great team, with great skill players. What, honestly, what better situation could he find? I can't think of one. I, I, I really can't. Miami? No. I mean... What what was the last quarterback to be truly successful in Miami? How about going back 20 years to Dan Marino's last year in 1999? That's it. Jay Fiedler is all right. That Ryan Tannehill had some nice years there, here and there. I won't even say nice years, nice moments. Other quarterback needy teams. Let's go through the list. Is there anybody here? Wait, I guess you could say the Cardinals, but... They're committed to Josh Rosen or Kyler Murray, from what we're hearing. Um, hmm, the Raiders, we hear rumors about them, but they're probably going to get a quarterback in the draft or go, or you know, keep with Derek Carr. I, I can't think of anybody else right now. The Giants? Are the Giants a good fit for him? Not really, no. It's a similar situation to the Jaguars. I just don't see it. Blake Bortles' best decision came with going to the Rams. That's just to be honest with that. And it's the team's best decision. There was no better backup on the market. I've heard a couple people mention, well, Colin Kaepernick's out there. Well, I've mentioned before, Colin Kaepernick is not the quarterback for Sean McVay's offense. And there are people who say, well, that's wrong. That's wrong, Derek. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. Systems matter, okay? I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick shouldn't be in this league or starting somewhere. I'm not saying that. He's just not a fit for what the Rams do, period. That's just the reality situation. Okay, so Blake Bortles, he has a chance to fix his career. The Rams get a high-quality backup. I do not see why people are complaining. By the way, in all those stats, we mentioned 75 interceptions. He also has 103 touchdown passes. It's, he's he's experienced, guys. For a 26, soon to be 27-year-old, he is experienced. And he didn't have a whole lot of tools around him, with the exception of one year. So, give him a chance. That's, that's what I'm really trying to say is, Give Blake Burles a chance to be successful as a coach in this league. 
not a coach, sorry, quarterback in this league behind one of the best coaches available to him, and that is Sean McVay. Okay, moving on. But before we do, we do want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, who wrote this really awesome book, Hollywood Teen Great Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It's a great book for Rams historians like me. You know I'm a history nut. And it comes with a personal touch. The book tells the story of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1903 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hallwasteen.com and on Twitter at hallwasteen. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hallwasteen through various booksellers on the internet. And geez, I cannot forget... It's out in paperback. You paperback lovers, it comes out September 6th. All proceeds go to Homeboy Industries, which is a charity in the L.A. area, which helps people get out of the gang life and helps transition them into good, honest civilian living where they can make a life for themselves. Make a life for themselves. So, again, check it out. This is Hollywood's team. Great glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay. The other big sign this week. And this one really did catch us off guard because it wasn't really a report of much of anything of him visiting with the Rams. It was something we, you know, we thought could happen. We'd ask that question: Could Clay Matthews the third be a Ram this year? And a lot of people dismissed it. It wasn't really something we thought about, especially when Dante Fowler Jr. signed. And then all of a sudden, we the news comes out, and sure enough, Clay Matthews the third is a Ram. Two years. With all the different incentives, can be up over $16 million. I think it's around $12 million base there. And, well, I got to be honest, I have some reservations here. And I I guess I can, I can talk about all these different things, but maybe it's better if I bring back a clip from John Meerdink, who is the host of the Power Sweep of Green Bay Packers podcast, when we previewed last year's Rams victory over the Packers. Check it out. It's a quick, just two-minute clip, and you can see why I have some reservations about Clay Matthews being a Ram. Here you go. Just to follow a question you mentioned, pass rush. Where's Clay Matthews been in the last year or so? How's his game changed or evolved? So I, I think something that you see with pass rushers as they age, you get kind of one of two varieties of pass rushers. Uh, you've get, you get guys who start out super athletic and then as their athleticism declines, they, they add counter moves or they figure out ways where they can, you know, still be effective, even if they don't have the athleticism that they once did, or they use their athleticism in different ways. And Clay Matthews never seems to have really figured that out. So he still plays like a, uh, like a guy who's, 25 26 except now he's 31 32 years old and he just can't do it like he used to uh, i don't know if you're super beer, superhero movies fans but there's that the scene in in the dark knight rises where batman is fighting bane and bane says you fight like a much younger man okay? just rushing in with no no regard to what you're doing that's how clay matthews plays except he's not young anymore and so so the better tackles in the league just handle him and even some of the the more uh, and the lower end tackles just sort of guide him upfield, and he can't—he just can't do what he used to do, and he hasn't adapted. I haven't heard well, that one yet. 
Well, I was going to say, I mean, when you look at the earlier in the season, you know, the the new rules for protecting the quarterback, it seems like that really affected him because every time he'd sack the quarterback, he'd get penalized, and that takes kind of the wind out of your sails. I would think that would be part of it. It does, and um, the unfortunate thing is those are really the only significant hits he had on the quarterback all season. He had the the hit on Kirk Cousins, which was a – you know, a, a bad call. Well, and, and the frustrating thing is it really wasn't even a bad call under under the rule until the NFL said that it was. But that hit and the hit on, on Alex Smith were about the only times he got to the quarterback. He just doesn't affect games like he used to, and nobody has to game plan for him. And that's exactly my concern. You're bringing a guy in who's been beat up a little bit, who's past his best days, and you're paying a pretty good money for that. To me, I know the rumor is, the word is, is that there are several other more lucrative offers for him. I'm not sure I buy that. I'm not sure he's worth the the money they're paying him, especially on a two-year deal. But here's the, the catch-all to that. Is we have no idea yet how the Rams plan on using him. We don't know if he's going to come in and be the starter opposite of Dante Fowler Jr., which would be, which would then probably move Samson Ebicom either to the bench as a rotational rusher or inside to the middle. We don't know if he's just gonna, if he's going to be the situational guy who kind of spells both Ebicom or Dante Fowler Jr. or if we have some other role that we're going to see him play. We just don't know yet. We have no real direction, so it's really hard to to judge exactly where this really stands with Clay Matthews. But one thing we cannot forget about him is what he brings to a team that's intangible. He does bring fire to a team. He's a guy that you I don't think I've ever heard a player badmouth him. He's a player who will be respected in the locker room. And he'll be home. You know, so I really think that we don't know what we're getting with this signing. It could wind up being a huge flop. It could be something that's great. And it kind of fits the pattern of what we see the Rams doing. The Rams, I think, right now, they're going out there and they're getting veterans to provide leadership at certain positions. And then I think they're going to go behind them and start drafting their replacements. That's what I believe happened this year with Roger Saffold and and John Sullivan. They went and got Brian Allen in the draft last year. They got Joe Noteboom, who could be either who could have been developed into either Andrew Whitworth's backup and then replacement or Roger Saffold's replacement. And it looks like right now with Whit coming back, it's going to be Saffold who replaces. And that seems to be what the Rams are doing and what they're focusing on. And that's what I have to believe the plan is. If they're doing that and they have a great draft picking up guys behind him, being him being Clay Matthews, then it's it's not a bad move at all. It's, it's a pretty decent move to add some leadership in there. And you're still making that push for a Super Bowl. I just sit there and I look at and look at some of the deals made today. Like Justin Houston going to the Colts, two years, $24 million. Well, the Rams did spend a ton of money on a one-year deal with Dante Fowler Jr. And if Dante has a great year, that's going to blow up, okay? And then they also go out there and get Clay Matthews for you know minimum of 12-ish. Up, it could be up more close to 17 when it's all said and done. And that's a ton of money invested into pass rushers on short-term deals when you can get a proven commodity in Justin Houston for for the twelve million a year, it wasn't that much of a difference. It's actually less than what they got for Dante. And Dante, I mean, we just don't know with him either. 
the Rams are putting a lot of trust into one player who is yet to prove his, his value in the NFL and one player who now has to reprove his value in the NFL. And I'm not sure that's a smart thing to do. But I'm not the guy in charge. I'm just the guy who watches the game. And there's a, there's a possibility that they know something we don't know. There's a, you know, there's, a there's a plan there. And maybe that's all we can hope for is just a plan to use him properly, to get him in different positions to be successful. And who better do that than Wade Phillips? Really, who better to make use of him than Wade Phillips? And if it doesn't work out, he's gone in two years, and it, we could have bigger losses, quite frankly. If he, imagine imagine if they made the mistake of signing him for four or five years, and then that would be a mistake. So I have my doubts. I'm concerned. But honestly, it could be a lot worse. So let's roll with it. Let's just roll with it and see what happens. And you never know. This could be... A bargain in the end. Give me a bargain. Okay. So, folks, before we go on to the last thing we want to talk about today, we happen to need some sponsors. If you are a business owner and want to advertise with us, reach out to us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. We can make that magic happen. And, you know, hey, if, if you're just curious, just talk to us and see if, it's a good match to partner with us and, and you know, sponsor us, and we advertise for you. It's a great deal. All right. Now, there is one more kind of thing that's pending. Reports are coming out now that, that the Rams are going to make their call on Malcolm Brown by tomorrow-ish, tomorrow-ish. Malcolm Brown, if you, in case you haven't remembered here, is he has been offered a deal, a two-year deal with the Detroit Lions. It's actually a very affordable deal. And the Rams have until Monday to match it. So, all that in mind, what should the Rams do? Because there's another guy that many of us really want to bring to see next year, and that is C.J. Anderson. And you get the sense right now that the Rams can only afford one of them. Who's that one? Well, let's look at our numbers. As of right now, the Rams and Sourcast space that we're aware of, the Rams have 8.78. Eight million dollars in cap space. Okay, now we know they signed Bortles for around seven. Sorry, for around one, and we know they signed with in, without incentives, just the base contract. Clay Matthews for around six, so that's about seven million dollars. Okay, seven million dollars that puts them about at about one point eight million dollars in cap room. One point eight. They can afford that deal. They can afford to take Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown's deal is a little bit is a little bit over a million a year. Or they can probably get CJ Anderson back. Who he'll probably he'll probably sign somewhere between, I'm guessing, one and two million. If you're the Rams right now, as much as I, I believe Malcolm Brown to start in this league, as much of a deal as it is, and it is a pretty good deal, I trust CJ Anderson more. I do. He's built tougher. Malcolm Brown's and hurt more. And I, I say that with a, with a lot of some tough feelings because Malcolm Brown, I believe and have long believed he can be a starter in the NFL. I really do. I believe he can do a lot of great things. I believe Malcolm Brown can be a 1,000 yard rusher in this league. Here's the problem. He doesn't stay healthy. That's just the reality of the game. Malcolm Brown has a hard time staying healthy and it catches up to him. And that's a huge bummer. 
because he is he's talented. He's a bruiser, but he can also do a great job on the outside. He is able to break tackles. And and again, I keep going back this every time we talk about Malcolm Brown, we keep going back to the Saints game and the touchdown he scored there. It's a nice move, nice play, great job on his part. All right. So for me, Malcolm Brown is kind of, you know, well, Malcolm Brown's talented. Let's just say what it is. But so CJ. And I like the compliment that he could bring to the Rams alongside Todd Gurley. They're, they have two different styles right now. I liked that CJ Anderson was a little bit out of shape. He was a bowling ball in there. He was physical. He wore teams down. And then when you compare him next to Todd Gurley, that builds a dynamic game, a dynamic running game. He's a little older. He's a little more outspoken, as we've seen on Twitter. Okay, but I honestly believe that right now, that's the best choice for the Rams. You go with the one who really stepped in late for you and had the great attitude and made the plays. Go get C.J. Anderson. Let Malcolm Brown go. I know there are people out there who disagree with me. I know they're going to say, well, Malcolm Brown's a great deal. It's not a great deal if if he's injured. It's not a great deal if he's hurt. And he's been hurt throughout his career. It doesn't matter how much you're paying somebody if they're on the bench with ice on their leg. Okay? So go get the guy you know has been healthier and has the ability to step in and carry the ball 25, 30 times if you need him to. Okay, finally... Other news today just broke. The Rams are playing a preseason game in Hawaii against the Dallas Cowboys. They're hosting it. What this means to the Rams this year is they will now lose two games at the Coliseum. They'll be losing one home preseason game. And they are losing, of course, one home game, which will be in London against the Cincinnati Bengals during the regular season. So that's two games. Um, i got to be honest, for L.A. fans, this kind of stinks. Uh, just be honest about that. It stinks. Okay, you've you're, you've lost multiple games over the last few years. You got one game back, that being the Kansas City game last year, and it really puts the team at disadvantage just in terms of how much mileage they're going to have by the end of the year. And the Rams coaching staff has to plan around that. That's a problem. But what are the Rams really doing? Well, they're doing what they can to draw a fan base. That's what they're doing. Going to London, going to Hawaii, especially Hawaii. Hawaii is a great place right now to try and bring in fans. Okay? We have, you know, RWO has a branch out there in Hawaii. London, too. It's a great opportunity. Stan Kroenke owns Arsenal. I know how popular Stan Kroenke is with Arsenal fans. However, I mean, bringing the Rams out there, you know, defending NFC champions against the Bengals. Keep reading. There's a, we have a lot of Rams fans who listen to our show from everywhere in the globe. If you look, if you look at our demographics, we have people who listen in Russia. We have people who listen in Germany. And we have a lot of people in the UK who listen to our show. The fan base is there. There's plenty of reason for the Rams to go overseas. It just stinks that the people in LA have to pay the price for it. But I get it. The Rams are going about right now while they can. They're working on building their brand. They're working. They're trying to make it into a global brand. I understand. But it does stink for the fan to lose a game. It's a preseason game, I know. But it's still one less chance you get to go out there and see the Rams play the Cowboys. And who doesn't? Even if it's preseason, everybody wants to see the Rams play the Cowboys. And it's one less opportunity for people to go out there and tailgate and have a good time together. But 
a year from now, when the Rams are going to be playing their first game in Inglewood, they can pretty much rest assured that if they ever go overseas again, they're going as a road team and not a home team. Those days of losing home games will be done. The NFL is not going to ship the Rams out of their beautiful, well, geez, state-of-the-art stadium. I mean, I was trying to think of some grandiose word. It's just their, their cathedral football. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Okay, They're not going to pull them out of there. They're just not going to do it. And they'd be stupid if they did. So I don't see that happening at all. In the end, what's going to happen is the Rams are going to play this out, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and we're not going to like it. But for the next 20, 30 years, we can make a rest where the Rams aren't going anywhere, anytime soon for any of their home games except for Inglewood. That's just that's just the nature of the game. All right, so went through a whole bunch of stuff with you all today. Jeez, um, I... I I, you know, I, I gotta be honest. I miss Norm. Norm, if you're listening, buddy, you know it, it's been a, it's been, you're you're uh, my best friend, dude, and we've missed you on the show. And hopefully, you can come back soon. I enjoy having Michael Stewart with us, you know, on Sunday nights, and and um, our entire staff is full of good people. So if you like what we do, if you are enjoying the work we put in podcasts, hey, go check out our website too. We, we have a massive staff now of guys who are putting out work left and right, and they could really use. You know, hey, your readership and and you know what? We got big shoulders. We can take some criticism too. So if you disagree with our articles or want to leave your own comments, meet up with us on Twitter at TalkRams or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk or look for the Rams Talk Room. If you want to talk to me individually, I like to talk with you. I'll respond when I have a chance. You know, I'm at DC Apollo. Aren't you know and if you want to email us and give us your feedback as well. With RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time throughout your year, especially the offseason, because people get busy in the offseason, especially with baseball now here and, and soccer's here. LAFC's popular. The Galaxy are playing. And, you know, I get it. There's other things to do, but you're taking time to listen to us, and we appreciate that. So, for the entire Rams Talk team, this is Derek C. Apollo. We'll see you Sunday with Michael Stewart back on this show. And, all kinds of goodies. Do take care now. Go Rams. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.